This is True Crime Exposed, and I'm your host, Kayla Waters, joined weekly by my co-host, Alicia Jenkins, while I dive into a new case with you guys. We created this show to tell a victim's story, to give them a voice back when they no longer have one. And by doing that, we're able to expose the monsters lurking all around us. Welcome back, everyone. Today, I am covering a case that happened near my hometown and kind of in my hometown as well. It's a case that goes between Idaho Falls and Victor, Idaho, and it is a tragic one. It's a case that sheds light on mental health and just how wrong things can go when it's left untreated. With that, are you ready for today's case? So this is actually one of the most heartbreaking cases I've ever researched due to the circumstances. And it's because it almost feels so avoid, avoid, avoidable. And you'll see what I mean by it could have been avoided almost. <laughs> okay. So, the day of horror starts just before noon on Thursday, November 30th, when a man walks into the Swan Valley General Store located in Swan Valley, Idaho. And this man is completely butt naked when he walks into the store. Oh boy, one of those. (laughs) Yeah. So, video surveillance shows the naked man leaning on the countertop inside the store and grabbing a cigarette before he's obviously asked to leave and he's escorted outside. A 911 call is made to report the indecent exposure, and with that, the Bonneville County Sheriff's Office sends deputies to the scene along with EMS, which I was actually a little bit shocked that Bonneville County covered Swan Valley. I didn't know that. It went out that far because that's about 40 minutes from where I live, and Bonneville County is in Idaho Falls. Yeah. So. Now, what year was this? In 2023. Did you just say that? Yeah. Uh, I might not have actually said 2023. So thanks for asking. I just said Thursday, November 30th. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) No year for you guys. So it is 2023. So just barely. This was just months ago. Um, But it is, it is wild. And so, yeah, I didn't know that they went out that far. It just makes me question like, so does Swan Valley have a police department or are they just like running around out there with no one nearby. I feel like I'd want like EMS <laughs> and police closer, I guess. <laughs> I figured they'd have their own police. I don't know. Uh, that just shocked they me. They probably have stuff, but like sometimes departments go to other. Yeah, I looked it up and Swan Valley is Bonneville County. Oh, Swan Valley is covered yeah. by Bonneville yeah. County? Then if Bonneville County goes out there, who's covering Bonneville County? Well, they have enough officers, you know, I'm sure to like do everything but I just thought that was weird because don't Maybe you live right by the Bonneville there? County office yeah I didn't like really want everyone knowing <laughs> <laughs> but yes so anyway <laughs> <laughs> 
This naked guy, it turns out to be 48-year-old Jeremy Best, and this is a man who lives in Victor, Idaho. You just have to cross through the Targhee National Forest to get to Victor, which is a small town nestled between Targhee and the Grand Teton National Forest. So from his home in Victor, the Swan Valley General Store is only about a half hour away. Now police needed to figure out why this man is naked in public, and while evaluating him, they can tell that he needs to be taken to a hospital, as it was clear he was suffering from behavioral health. And so Jeremy is transported from Swan Valley to the Eastern Idaho Regional Medical Center in Idaho Falls, which is about 45 minutes away. And when Jeremy arrives at Ermac, he is admitted, but not held long before he is released. And I am curious to see what you think of his release. And if you know, like any of the policies since you worked there and Shannon worked there. Yeah. Um, because to me, like someone being found naked in a store, a public <laughs> store, seems like reason to put them on a psych cold or admit them to BHC, not just release them back out into the world. Yeah, it's kind of crazy, huh? Like, you do think that's weird that they didn't keep him? Yeah, but I mean, I don't think they'll keep him unless they specifically ask for help or if they feel like they're a danger. But he was naked in a store. That seems (laughs) dangerous to me. True. Like, he's obviously not. Right, right in his, his mind yeah so it's not confirmed yet but it is suspected that jeremy best is released to his wife callie randall who picks him up in idaho falls and then drives him back to their home in victor callie and jeremy they have a 10 month old son together named zeke best who was also likely with callie when she picked up her husband to bring him home So keep in mind so far, Jeremy is found naked in a public store, sent in an ambulance to the hospital, evaluated, and then just released back into the public. Now he's taken home, but before the night can even come to an end, horror strikes. At 11.50 p.m., the Teton County Sheriff's Office receives a harrowing 911 phone call. I assume, but this is also not confirmed, that the call for help comes from Callie herself. A disturbing altercation is being heard by the dispatcher who sends police to Jeremy and Callie's home on 4600 Skyline Loop. Once the officers arrive inside the home, they find Callie Jean Randall murdered. She had been shot through the back and right side of her body. Callie was also 28 weeks pregnant with their second child. So both Callie and her unborn baby are found dead. But Jeremy and their 10-month-old son, Zeke, were nowhere to be found. So he's released. She takes him home and he murders her. Oh, my gosh. I think I remember the story. Yeah. It's been in the news. Yeah. And you've probably seen it. And there was an Amber Alert for the baby. Yeah, I did. Yeah. And I know what happens. (laughs) And it's not a good story. No. So... This night, an Amber Alert is sent out in Idaho and Wyoming, and I actually remember getting the Amber Alert, but I was working, so I I really didn't look into it too deep, and I should. It's like my mistake, but you know a lot of Amber Alerts come in, and most of the time it's like parental kidnapping, which it was here, but a little more extreme, where it's like custody battles, Yeah, you know? One parent takes the kid, and... So I should not have ignored it, but I kind of, I saw it and I just skimmed past it. 
But later that night, my friends were over and they asked if I'd seen the Amber Alert because apparently the guy who kidnapped the kid and was the father and shot and killed his wife. So I was shocked at that information. And then like everyone else who learned of this case, I held a strong hope that baby Zeke would be found safe and sound. Now, before we go further, let's talk about Callie and all that she was because she seems super cool. You'll see. She just was like living the life I dream of. (laughs) Seems like my kind of girl. So Callie was raised in a small town in Wisconsin, and this is where her love for the outdoors blossomed. She would play all day outside with her siblings and the neighbor kids building forts. Callie was 38 years old at the time she was killed. She had done work as a vet tech and a veterinary orthopedic rehab specialist. And according to some of her friends on social media that had worked with her before, she was amazing at her job and had a very deep love for animals. And like I said, Callie lived the life that is my life goals. She lived close to the woods and she seemed to have a good chunk of land where she raised chickens. She went on hikes often and she spent a lot of time outside. She loved things like grounding, which is basically being barefoot outside. She loved being a mama and she loved staying active. There's a video on her Instagram just posted earlier in 2023 that shows Callie and her baby Zeke, her little baby Zeke, sitting in a field. They're hugging, they're rocking together. And she captioned this video, God's plan is rad. It was just a few months before this. Oh. I know. I'm going to show you her Instagram real fast. For some reason, I was thinking she was going to be a little bit younger just because she had a 10-month-old. It was like her first baby. Yeah, but he's 48. She's 38. So they must have met later in life. Yeah. And started having kids. She was really into, she was getting really getting into skincare, which I love. She was taking nightly magnesium and drinking tea. She was an avid snowboarder and she lived in the perfect location for that right next to Targi where she would often go. Callie also loved baking sourdough bread, which you know is a newfound <laughs> oh. love of mine. I'm at my mom's this weekend and I've baked two loaves so far. Yep, still Baking another one tomorrow. <laughs> this is like my new hobby, so... She named her sourdough starter Clyde after her grandpa who owned a bakery. Oh. And then her chickens, which I'm getting. does yours have a name? No, but once I read that on her Instagram, I'm like, I should name mine. (laughs) Like, that was a good idea of her. I love it. I was like, that's so cute. And then her chickens, which I want chickens this summer. Like, she literally is living my dreams. (laughs) She called them Callie's mother cluckers. (laughs) and then she would call their large coop things like the mother clucking cloop and the cluck mahal so she just seemed like she was funny and spunky and she brought a lot of positivity into this world Callie was all about bettering herself every day finding gratitude and having a love for life and although she was only a mom for a short 10 months her and her son were two peas in a pod Baby Zeke was said to have an infectious and gentle energy about him, and Callie doted on her son. It seems that Callie and Jeremy had about three to four dogs. There are videos shown of her with four dogs and her baby hiking together, enjoying nature. She lived genuinely, and her love for her her husband was also apparent to all their friends and family. Apparently, those that knew Jeremy and Callie were shocked by the news of what Jeremy did to her. This was a legitimate psychosis he must have been in because everyone remembers how in love they were. 
Callie posted to Facebook about a year before her death, describing Jeremy as, quote, the most unique, vivid, and enthusiastic individual, which, Mm. like, makes it even more sad because she obviously knew something was going wrong. She had to have been the one that called 911. Yeah. It didn't didn't have a recording of it or anything? Not yet. I'm assuming maybe it will be released one day. I don't know. Mm. But... From what I read, there was a call. Something was going on in the call, and they sent police out. Yeah. So, like, that would be sad. Like, this person you really love and trust, and then it's just, like, not who you thought they were. Yeah. So, it seems that Jeremy was likely a mechanic. Callie posted about, you know, her husband busting his knuckles daily, working on cars, So what could have gone so wrong here? Like, they seem to live a very normal life. Clearly, Jeremy was suffering a serious mental health crisis, but did it come on randomly or could it have been induced by drugs? So I'm not going to say one way or the other, and I only mention this because it is being said by a lot of people online that Jeremy had admitted to being on a multiple-day meth binge. A what? A multiple day meth binge. Oh, like he was taking meth for multiple days in a row. So like he could have been in like a meth-induced psychosis Mm, type thing. That's like not confirmed by the police from what I found, but it is a possibility. A lot of, I I wouldn't even mention if it was like two comments, but it's a lot of things on the internet say that. Okay. So I guess we'll see um, if that's the truth, but. Either way, Jeremy was in a psychosis state and clearly not in his right mind. He was obviously naked in a store. That is not normal behavior. And this was not the person that his friends and family knew him to be. I don't know, you know, if people closer. I just saw a lot of comments from people who claimed to have known them. Yeah. That were like, this isn't how he was. Like, okay. It was shocking to them. And so he didn't have like a known mental illness. They don't like didn't recall him being like a violent person. Hmm. Um, I, I mean, and like she posts about him and like obviously posts about like super loving him and all this stuff. And social media can be like maybe the whole story's not there. Yeah. You know, but according to all of that. It seems like they were in a good place and he was a good guy. And I don't know if this was just something where he was like literally just out of his mind. Mm. So, you know, regardless, through this mental health crisis, he was violent and he completely annihilated his own family. Just days before this all went down, Jeremy and Callie had gotten family photos done in the mountains for Christmas cards and to announce their pregnancy. Their friend who took the photos, she said she felt safe around them and that and that the family seemed excited about the pregnancy. They seemed happy to be there doing pictures and she could have never foreseen what was to come shortly thereafter. So Callie and her unborn baby's homicide, it's being investigated by the Teton County Sheriff's Office alongside the Idaho State Police. But remember, Jeremy was not home and neither was baby Zeke once Callie was discovered. The search for Zeke was on after that. But unfortunately, on December 2nd, it's a Saturday, just the the murder happened Thursday night late. 
this is Saturday, so just one day in between happened. Um, hunters come across Jeremy Best in the wilderness just east of Idaho Falls. Jeremy is naked again, and at first, no one sees Zeke nearby. However, shortly after coming across Jeremy, baby Zeke is found deceased in the woods near where Jeremy was found. It said he was killed with a knife and that Jeremy issued a wound to the child's neck. Oh. Yeah. So they don't say he slit the baby's throat, but that's what it sounds Sounds like. like. Or possibly to the back of the neck. It could be too. I don't know, but... Mm, that's sad. It's so sad. So Jeremy murdered his wife, his unborn child, and his 10-month-old son. And that's not all. Their dog named Sister, she was also found dead. Oh, geez. And that dog, I guess, was with him and Zeke. So he killed his wife, his unborn baby, his son, and their dog. Oh. Their other dogs. Was the dog in the wilderness with him? I don't know for sure. Oh. I just know she was also found dead. Okay. Um, I I think she was with them, you know, but I, based on like how it sounded, but I'm not for sure on that. Um, but the other dogs, they were left unharmed. But hmm. this one that was with them, him, died. Yeah. So Jeremy, he was obviously immediately arrested and charged with the murder of his wife, Callie. A lot of people were freaking out that he was only charged with her murder, but like experts explained that they charged the most obvious crime first and then other charges are to follow. Yeah. So did they, did it say like these people found him wandering around naked and then did they yeah. keep then him? Then I think they called 911 and then... They came out. 911. I don't know if the hunters looked around for the baby or if the police came and looked around for the baby. But he was found pretty close by. Oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't know, like, if they saw him and then they went on their way hunting and found the baby. Mm -hmm. And then called 911 or if they just called 911. It honestly could have been. Because it is so new. Like, I wanted to share it because it's obviously happening pretty much in my hometown like right here by us and it's so crazy but not all the details are there so it could have been mm-hmm. I don't know who exactly found them but I'm sure like as his trial gets underway or when it all concludes that yeah we'll know more of that will come out so like I said they charge the most obvious crime first and then ultimately a grand jury indicts Jeremy Best on three counts of murder in the first degree and three other charges including use of a firearm or other deadly weapon during the commission of a crime. Count one is for the murder of Callie Randall for shooting her with a firearm causing her death. Count two is for the murder of their unborn baby who died due to Callie being shot ultimately causing the death of the baby. Count three is for the murder of 10-month-old Zeke Best by, quote, inflicting an injury on Zeke Gregory Best's neck using a knife and therefore causing his death. So Jeremy, he will be tried in Teton County, even though one of the murder victims, the baby, was found in Bonneville County. They said all the charges will 
just go to Teton County instead of doing two there and one in Bonneville. Teton County Prosecutor Bailey Smith and Bonneville County Prosecutor Randy Neal both confirmed that this would be the case. Now, Jeremy joined his first court date via Zoom on December 4th, 2023. He was not wearing a shirt. I don't know what is up with him wanting to be naked 24-7. I'm like, wear a shirt shirt to your court date. Yeah. Was he... He has a thing for... In prison? I think so. So, like, he just had his shirt off? Show up. I don't know. Not in his orange jumpsuit. Yeah. Had his shirt off, I guess. That's what's reported um, by Nate Eaton with East Idaho News. And he also reported that Jeremy was moving around a lot during this court appearance. He was crying. He was running his hands through his hair and on his face. Which, like, if he was going through a mental health thing and actually was in some sort of psychosis state, whether drug-induced or not, coming out of that and, like, realizing everything that happened, I would assume if he was any decent person before this, that he would feel, I don't know, awful? Since, like, people described that they thought he really loved his family. So, like, you'd think he would be upset. Yeah. But... Have remorse. I'm not sure, because I don't know him personally, so I don't know if he did do it, you know, on purpose. I don't know. So, but it seemed like he was, like, really agitated during it and would cry on and off. And I'm like, yeah, you would. Mm -hmm. So, Judge Jason Walker presided over this hearing and issued a mental competency test for Jeremy to be completed by the request of the defense, which the prosecution did not object to. Keep in mind, in Idaho, there is no insanity plea. And that's why cases like Lori Daybell's trial took so long to get underway after arrest because she was deemed incompetent and she couldn't go to trial because you can't go to trial in Idaho and plead not guilty due to insanity. So even if he was in a psychosis state, which a lot of people can get out of it that way, or instead of going to prison, they can go to like a long-term like psych, psych center like um andrea yates who murdered drowned her five kids mm-hmm. she was found not guilty due to insanity but she was sentenced to life in the psych ward instead yeah or she was sent to it and she's never gotten out because i guess you wouldn't get sentenced if you were found not guilty i don't know how that works with not guilty due to insanity but like that's not an option well if you're insane right they they keep you yeah. Right. In a mental institution. Yeah. Yeah. But like in Idaho, it is not an option to be found not guilty due to insanity. They're like, nope, you just will not go to trial. As long as you're insane, you won't go to trial. Once you're able to, like they don't care, Do I guess. they keep you in jail or prison or what? I think you can pop possibly be kept in a psych ward i mean i'm not the expert on that so don't like take what i'm saying wholeheartedly i know that it's not a plea in idaho but where they keep you i don't know oh i kind of like it though yeah so they can't get out of it yeah i know it's very like conflicting those cases are really hard for me yeah the andrea they're insane like the andrea yates case is so hard for me 
most people feel a lot of empathy for her, but like I cannot help but just like want to cry when I think of her five kids. But she and had so it makes postpartum me depression. Right? I know. <laughs> but I'm like, but like your oldest kid, I don't even remember, but I know it was like seven or eight. Like Charlie would know if I was drowning her. And like that thought, I'm like, I hate you, Andrea. But like, <laughs> also you were found not guilty due to insanity. So like, I don't. Because you had postpartum psychosis and that is really sad if you didn't know what you were doing and you did that. Those are, those are my hard, <laughs> I, that's why I've never, I've thought about covering her case, but I'm like, I don't know how. I feel like I'd piss a lot of people off Yeah. by like not liking her so much, but I also, I just can't wrap my head around it. Those are too hard for me. Anyway, that was a big. But I'm glad Lori Daybell. Yeah. Like, couldn't go and be found not guilty due to insanity. Yeah. Because she wasn't. That was fake. For sure. (laughs) She was trying to get out of her trial. But, thankfully, they ended up deeming her competent. So, it may come as a shock, but Jeremy, right off the bat, was deemed fit to stand trial. Maybe Hmm. it's, like, he was going through it that day, but by the time he came down, being in jail, he's all there. You know, I assume this trial will be held sometime in 2024, maybe 2025, if he doesn't end up pleading guilty. Yeah. And a candlelight vigil is held in Victor, Idaho, in honor of Callie Randall and Zeke Best on December 7th, 2023. And when this news hits the public, the community was obviously not too pleased with the fact that Jeremy was released from the hospital in the midst of a serious mental health crisis. And this is what makes the case feel really avoidable, like he could have been held. So Ermac, they release a statement saying, quote, we are heartbroken by the tragedy that has rocked our community in the recent days, and we join many in our area in extending our deepest sympathy to the families and loved ones of Callie and Zeke. They go on to say that all hospitals follow specific standards of care when assessing all patients, including ones with behavioral health concerns. They say that the Idaho law limits law enforcement, hospital, and health care providers from placing individuals on a protective custody hold unless specific clinical criteria are met. And apparently it is Idaho law that if police deem someone to need a mental health evaluation more than having criminal charges filed, then no charges or arrests can be made. Hmm. So... Like, what do you think of Ermac releasing him right off the bat? I can't really give a good opinion because I didn't don't really feel work like in I, that area. Well, I didn't, but I mean, I just I don't feel like I know like the details. Like, we don't know like yeah. what the social worker, but what, like you don't or what think the therapist yeah. like asked him or like what they talked about or yeah. like what. He sounds, but like just being he sounds found naked. insane, right? He <laughs> like does just sound being found insane. naked in a store was not enough. So I think people are really mad that like he was w- taken to the hospital, evaluated, and then like he was just released. Like, is there not a way? Like, can you not release but like let the police know? Like, we're not keeping him if you want to come back for him. Because, like, he was naked out in public. No, they literally don't do that. I know that. They don't? No. I was just... So if they take them to the hospital, that's they're choosing to take them to the hospital over 
being arrested. Like the cops think he needed evaluated at a hospital more than being taken to jail. Right? Probably. Because that's the law. That's what the, it said. If the police deem someone to need a mental health evaluation, yeah. they cannot arrest. And he them. might not have done like committed a crime besides, you know, being nude in public. Yeah. Is that not like a serious but crime? I'm not sure they want, <laughs> want to take like, someone I wonder to jail if that's for a that. felony or misdemeanor. I should have looked that up. Yeah. It seems extreme to me. I've never seen someone naked in public. Yeah. Well, actually, I have at the nude beaches in Hawaii <laughs> when I was, like, young. Uh, and I didn't go there, and I was not nude on the beaches. <laughs> but and neither was I. No. No, no, no. <laughs> so, yeah. I don't know. It's hard because, like, 2020, right? Like, hindsight. Yeah. Like, now that he got released, it's like, why'd you let him go? Yeah. Now that he got released, I'm even sure the people who worked with him are like, oh, yeah, we should have kept him. And humans aren't perfect. I can't like blame them. You know, like the doctors and nurses aren't the reason he murdered his wife. Right. But like, but you could you have like... kept him? Like, why didn't you keep him? Like, I just want to know why he was released. Like, what made him seem normal enough to be released? I mean, from what I've seen, not from, like, as a nurse, but as, like, a mother mm-hmm. and, like, dealing with mental health stuff mm-hmm. ourselves, like, they, I mean, like, I've been through stuff and you talk to, like, a crisis counselor and that person kind of decides whether they think you should be admitted or whether they think right. that you are okay to go home yeah and didn't you have to push a little yeah yeah I had to push a lot because I feel like sometimes the people like the the nude guy Jeremy he probably was like yeah I'm fine nothing's wrong with me like and so if they say they're fine they almost just will release them yeah because it was you pushing and it's like like, if I wasn't like there you know and, like, the person you're there with is over 18, then that's kind of up to them. It's not, like, up to a family member or anybody. It's, yeah. And they kind of just deal with the adult that's mm-hmm. getting hospitalized. And then when they let them go, they don't have to tell anybody, like, where they go. They or, can just release them. Yeah. Yeah. So it's basically not that easy to admit an adult person into psych when they're not super willing to do it or think that they're fine yeah so it's not really even necessarily probably a problem in ermac but maybe like general yeah in just society's way of dealing with it like in hospitals all across the board yeah like maybe there should be some easier criteria to hold people (laughs) But then you don't want but to hold people I know, wrongfully. Right? Yeah, then you're There's holding all kinds of people. There's way too many gray areas in these yeah. stories. It's really hard. But yeah, I was curious because like you worked there. I mean, I know you didn't work in the psych. No, I didn't work Your in patients the... patients were go, NICU babies. They go so through you're, the ER, you know yeah. what I mean? So it's like dealt with in the ER. Yeah, I was curious to see. But that actually makes a lot of sense. Like it's not typical to just hold people who say they're fine. 
Right. And I guess it, if they have a family not, member willing to come and be like, he's all right. Like, he's a normal guy. Yeah. And it's not like black and white. No. You know? Yeah. And they can't tell the future. Yeah. I can get, you know, I do understand like community outrage. Like, why? Because like you don't want that well, lady yeah. and her son they, they, and they her unborn baby that. murdered. But yeah, that makes sense. So that's pretty much where. But you also never know. Like maybe they obviously called the wife to come get him and they probably had to talk to her to get him released yeah. to send him with somebody. And you never know what she said or she Probably, I would assume, if things were fine in their life up till this point, was like, he's okay. But you would also think like, well, why is my husband naked? Yeah. (laughs) You would. But also some people like to maybe deal with things a little private. So it could almost be like, he's fine. Take him home and be like, what the frick are you doing (laughs) out there? What are you doing? So... Yeah, this case is sad to me, and I can't believe it happened. Like that is really right sad. There, I was I so shocked because I just thought they would find the baby. I also did. Like I actually didn't expect, but the I didn't. Baby. But I hadn't heard that she was murdered either. Yeah. Like I, th- I feel like it all didn't come out until. Yeah, things the, like it came, all came out, out very slowly. But yeah, like even when they I, issued the Amber Alert, but they didn't issue that she was murdered. No. Right. Well, I think it wasn't in the Amber Alert, but it was already online. Oh. So like I or I, you know, in the text, I didn't see she was murdered or anything because it just came to my phone. Yeah. But my friend said like it was in the news, like that Amber Alert was tied to a guy who killed his wife. Oh, see, I think that came out a little bit later or like that evening or something. Yeah. But even then, I still didn't think the baby was going to be murdered because I almost thought, okay. And I didn't know the story. Yeah, it's like he's just taking his yeah. kid. Too. I thought, okay, it was a domestic violence thing. He killed his wife. He's taking his kid and running. Yeah. So the baby being found dead and that way, I the know. way that he killed him, I was like shocked and so sad. I don't. Maybe you'll why? get to go to that trial too. If it's right here. Yeah, if it's held in Bonneville County. Well, it's being held in Teton County, but that is only an hour away. Yeah. (laughs) And so was Rexburg. I'm always down for a drive, but I don't know. This case made me feel so sad. And I, like I told you earlier, I looked at every single video on Callie's Facebook. She also, I forgot to say, was like a jewelry maker. So she has this website of all this jewelry she made and she called it like Callie Co. Forest. And that's what her Instagram is. If you guys want to go look at it, it's like Cali Forest, like K-A-L-I Forest or something like that. And yeah, she like made jewelry and she did like did all these cool things. And I was so sad looking through her stuff because it's mostly videos of her and then her baby. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's like a very tragic case. And well, you'll have to keep us updated. Yeah, this will be another case. I I don't know if you listened last week. I just did a tiny little update on Christopher Tapp. And so these are two cases, you know, that have to do with Idaho Falls that I'll be updating through this year and that I just felt like I had to talk about. So if you want to go look at her Instagram, you should, because I feel like it makes you really know her 
and like just feel like you just feel attached to her I did maybe it's because she lives the life I want but or she lived the life I wanted and so I was just like oh I feel so connected to her this is so sad so that is the story of Callie Randall and Zeke Best Thanks for listening. Please share this episode link onto your social media or in a text to your friends. Just share this show and let them know that you enjoy it and that they can binge a lot of true crime content right here. You can find us on social media on Instagram at True Crime X Pod, True Crime E X P O D, on TikTok at True Crime Exposed Podcast, and on Facebook under Kayla Waters. Hi. I'm Charlie Waters. Today, we're going to be talking about pizza. My mom has been obsessed with sourdough lately, so we made sourdough pizza. One cup of a sourdough starter. It can be unfed starter or discard. Then you need a half cup plus two tablespoons of water. The water should be warm. Then you need two and a half cups unbleached of unpurposed flour, all-purpose flour, one teaspoon table salt, a half teaspoon instant yeast, or active dry yeast. Mix all of these ingredients together and knead for seven minutes until the dough comes off the side of the bowl. Put the dough in a lightly greased container and then cover it and let it rise to two to four hours. It should double in size. This will make two 12-inch crust pizzas, thin crust pizzas. Or you can make it into one big pizza. Preheat your oven to 450. Put your toppings on. And for a thick crust pizza, bake for 10 minutes. Then pull it out and put on the cheese after. And bake for another five to seven minutes. Enjoy your pizza. I hope you've had a fun experience how to make sourdough pizza. Bye. Have a great day. A wonderful nonprofit website you can visit is www.nami.org. That's N-A-M-I dot org. And this is the National Alliance on Mental Illness. Their helpline is available Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. by phone at 800-950-6264 or you can text HELPLINE to 62640. In a crisis, call or text 988. On their website, you can volunteer, you can donate, and NAMI is the nation's largest grassroots mental health organization dedicated to building better lives for the millions of Americans affected by mental illness. Again, I highly suggest you visit this website and do what you can to become involved. That's www.nami.org.